With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Transparent Truth proudly presents the Friday Morning Matchup Show with Coach Greg Biggins. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the Friday Matchup Show. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building. Intercom Studios. Miracle Mile. It's Friday. We're talking matchups. I got the guru of recruiting and matchups, Greg Biggin. GB, what's up? Oh, dude, I'm excited, man. We're semifinals now. There's huge games this weekend, some man. Titanic battles. I'm hey, ready to man. I'm excited to talk about these games. Hey, listen, semifinal, of course, we record this on a Tuesday, but it drops on a Friday. Outstanding matchups, Division One. Through five, we're going to be talking about also the LA City section. Let's dive right in, GB. Let's get started. Yeah, so we're at the semifinals of the LA City section. I screwed that up royally last week. I take the blame for that. They didn't, I didn't know that they started a week late, but we're at the semis uh, this past week. We had Narbonne all over San Pedro. They are going to be playing Fairfax, who took out Birmingham. Narbonne, Fairfax. I don't mean to make light of city football this season, but Coach Keith, can anybody hang with Narbonne. No. And that's an emphatic no. That's everybody's, a capital N-O. Everybody's going to lose by five touchdowns. I'm okay, sorry. So we, we should move on from the, to the other, other semifinal game. Yeah, next semifinal game. Too much Jalen Chapman. Too much Jamar Jefferson. Too many senior linebackers. Too much Jawan Tucker. They got players. Too much everything. Too much Manny Douglas. Brandon Miley the yeah. over there coaching. They got too much heat. Now, I made the comment, I think if you took these those three semifinal teams and made one super team, yeah. I think Narbonne still wins. No, by two they're, touchdowns. They're gifted. No question. Carson, this is going to be a good game. Carson will take on Crenshaw, and I actually saw some people, I didn't see it, but I saw Jermaine uh, Chapman kind of retweet, I guess like there was a three-person panel or something, and two of the three picked Crenshaw to beat Narbonne in the final if they both get that far. So obviously Crenshaw has to get by Carson first, which should be a pretty good game. Crenshaw uh, destroyed Banning, excuse me, and Carson beat Venice. So who do you like in this Crenshaw-Carson game? I like Crenshaw. Crenshaw has shown all year that they're the number two team in the city. Carson, uh, they've been a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High for me. One game they show up really well. The next game they kind of fall flat. Um, they got a storied program, a storied history. Can they summon the great performances of the past and bring that to the table in this semifinal? I got my man, Stephen Kelly, over there coaching offense, uh, one of my former coaching colleagues. Can he get those guys riled up, ready to play against the Cougars, who, like I said, all year with Rayshon Williams leading the charge out at wide receiver. Um, they've been the number two team in the city. So if Carson does win, it'll be an upset, but I'm picking Crenshaw. Okay. And then we'll talk about that next week. But I think we would both, as we do every week, kind of predict all the way through. I think we both still like Narbonne to win the uh, 
the city championship. Yeah, I'm taking Narbonne. And not only am I taking Narbonne, I'm taking Narbonne by three touchdowns plus versus anybody. Okay. Okay, so we're going to leave it right there. Let's move on. Let's move on. Before we move to divisions one through five, okay. let's talk a little bit about and remind folks about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. So, GB, we're talking Division One through Five. Yeah. Are we starting at Division Five? We are. Let's go. So Start let's Division go Five. Let's, four, let's jump three, in. Two, one. We have. We had an upset. Yeah. I, I would say it was a pretty, a pretty decent sized upset. Top of the bracket, um, held to form for the most part. Paraclete took down St. Joseph, fifty-five to thirty. They will play a very tough Paloma Valley team. I said I've been saying watch out for Paloma Valley all year. They took down Ukaipa 56 to 21. So we have Paraclete versus Paloma Valley in one semifinal. That's going to be a good game. Both teams are high scoring. It's going to come down to defense. Who can get pressure on a quarterback? Who can stop the run? I'm going to take Pericle and my guy Dean Harrington. I know we both love Dean as a ball coach. He's a big game coach. You know he's got things up his sleeve that he's been holding on to all year. I think this is the game he brings it out. Amir Bankhead is a, is a freshman phenom at running back. We know about Brevin White. We know about Melquan Stovall and Andre Hunt. He's receiving targets. That good high school offensive line. I'm taking Paraclete to get the W and get back to the championship game, Greg. Yeah, and, and looking at some of these numbers, so Brevin White, I, I'm, I love the White family. I know them really, really well from covering Brady from the time he was like in 8th, ninth grade. But nice bounce back year. I know a lot of people were down on him after last year. Didn't go well at Chaminade. Colleges were taking other quarterbacks. I mean, he, it, it, he needed to have a, a big year, and he did. About 46 touchdowns, only four interceptions, over 3,100 yards. He's got weapons. Stovall, 18 touchdowns. Andre Hunt, the USC commit, 15 touchdowns. So I like Perry Cleet as well. I picked them early on to, to win this bracket, and I think they get by uh, Paloma Valley. Other side, we had Mar Park, which upset the number two overall seed, Lawndale, 22-20. They're going to play a Paramount team, led by my guy Michael Fletcher, who took out Chaparral, and some of their young talent, 34 to 21. So this week we have Moore Park taking on Paramount. Should be a pretty entertaining, solid semifinal game. Who yeah. you like? Yeah, well, so the reports from Moore Park, because I had some affiliates at the game, the Moore Park Lawndale game, Moore Park had a really physical defense that really got after the running attack at Lawndale. I expect a little more of the same versus Paramount. Can Paramount execute through the air and loosen up that physical Moore Park front? That's going to be the question. I'm going to take 
more park here. I think that they've shown their ability to stop athletes and really correct, not corral, but really manage the big plays, the explosive plays from athletic offenses. I think you're going to find more park periodically in the title game. Yeah. Yeah, no, hats off to Moore Park for what they did and, and kind of shut down the running game. I guess they made Londell kind of more one-dimensional. Yep. Maybe Londell maybe abandoned the running game a little too soon. <laughs> Either way, you know, hats off to uh, to Moore Park with that getting that big win. And then let's just play it out. So you got uh, you got Moore Park playing Paraclete. Yep. Who's your champ out of that? Uh, we gotta wait for that for next week, GB. You gotta wait wait till next yeah, week. Yeah, wait okay. till next week. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah, do that. Yeah. So let's go to D four, and I think this bracket somewhat held the form. We had Capo Valley, who just been steamrolling everyone. They're the number one seed. They don't lose. They don't lose games. So they won thirty four to seven. They will take on a Downey team, who this kind of was an upset. They beat Colonel Amar forty nine to forty two. So top of the bracket, we have Capo Valley versus Downey. No. Who you like? I, mean, I want my heart says Downey, but Capo Valley. Remember, they were in the championship last year. They lost to Calabasas pretty badly, and Darnay Holmes and Buki Radley and company. I think when you lose that championship game, it really fuels that hunger to get mm. back and win it. I'm taking Capo Valley to get back to the title game and a win over Downey in the semifinals. Okay, bottom half, 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 half of that bracket. We have Murata Mesa, who put up 54 against Glendora. They're taking on a Cajon team who put up 42 against San Juan Hills. A couple of high-scoring teams, Cajon, Murata Mesa. It's at Cajon. Under, over, I'm going to put the score 100 points in this game. Who's your guy? Who's your I'm, team? Well, first of all, I'm taking the over in that. I think it's going to be over 100 <laughs> points. Uh, Jeff Miller has been tossing the peel all over the place. We know about Jaden Daniels and Darren Jones and, and, and all those guys on the offense, but the Cajon defense played better. Yeah. Led by Jeremiah Martin, the senior defensive end, Jonathan Perkins, the junior linebacker, Cam Forrest, sophomore defensive back, Omar Perkins, a guy who can also make plays on offense and defense. Can anybody stop Darren Jones? I don't think so. I don't see Marietta Mesa stopping him. I'm going to take Cajon, but in a shootout, in a big-time shootout, over 100 points. The last time we predicted that, we got a little DM from our guy Jay Perk. I think it was the Ukaipa game. We said, yeah, you thought it was going to be a high-scoring game? Yeah. Look at that scoreboard. We shut them down. So we'll see. Marietta Mesa also put up 50-plus against Colony. So uh, Marietta Mesa's put up 50 in both their two playoff games. We know Cajon can score. So you got Cajon and Capo Valley. In the meet in the final. I do, and I just want to send a quick shout-out to my guy, Coach Turner, over there, Miriam Mesa. Do not single-cover Darren Jones, whatever you do. If you have to give up cash on the ground, do that. Put two guys, even three guys, on him if you must. Don't single-cover him. Please, if you do, he's going to send you home with tears. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same two meeting in the final as well. Let's go to D3. We have Charter Oak. If you listen to the Wednesday show, they had an incredible comeback win over Westlake. They're taking on a Rancho Verde team that looks kind of hot right now. Yes. They steamrolled Hart High School 55-27 to on the road. This week, Rancho Verde is hosting, which kind of begs the question, because people are complaining about this. Man, if you're the number one overall seed like Charter Oak, why are you ever playing a road game? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of Shouldn't you be hosting it all the way through to the final? You should, but isn't that kind of how, you know, it kind of shapes up? 
you know, with CIF. Yeah, I guess. Well, but I mean, like, it doesn't make it fair. I'm just saying. I mean, obviously, people say, what's the advantage of getting the one seed? Well, you play a weaker team in the first round and the second round, right? You're the one seed. You play 16. If you're a two, you play the 15. But I think, man, if you're the home team, I, I think it'd be kind of fun to give them, give them at least the first two home games to start off with as opposed to the coin toss. But anyways, Charter Oak is playing our red-hot Rancho Verde team led by my guy Jeff Steinberg. Love Jeff over there. El Toro, who took down Lompoc, is going to be playing St. Francis, who upset, this was an upset, over Citrus Hill. Citrus Hill was the two seed, but St. Francis, the fighting Jimmy Bonds, they have one loss all year. That was the end of the year to Cathedral. So they took down Citrus Hill 30-20. We have El Toro and St. Francis, Keith, Charter Oak, and Rancho Verde. Who you got in the final? I like Rancho Verde, man. You like Rancho to upset Charter Oak? I do. Okay. They look. Listen, Jeff Steinberg, coach of my, my guy, one of my former players, Hale Carpenter, in high school. I know Jeff is a big-time coach. He knows how to get guys open, and he really gets it popping on offense. They look very, very athletic. Hmm. Uh, I love the freshman linebacker, Kenya Dorsey. He's active. He's physical. He likes to hit. And uh, I like them to upset Charter Oak. I think Rancho Verde's the best team in that game. I, I wouldn't even call it up. For me, it's not upset. Okay. Rancho Verde's the best team in that game. So Rancho comes, comes into this game pretty hot. Undefeated in, undefeated in league. 10-2 and two overall. They lost to Burroughs early on. And they lost to Citrus Hill by a touchdown in week four. But they've been rolling ever since. And they're usually a, a nice little cliche. Peaking... At the right time. Yeah. What about the other side of that bracket? Who do you like coming out of El Toro and St. Francis? I'm going to go with Darius Parenthes. Okay. You, uh, got, you like uh, you like St. Francis? Yeah, I do. Um, now, remember, El Toro's got a, a six feet, 200-pound nose guard. I know. You it. can't. Don't, watch out for him. You cannot stop this kid. You can barely hope to contain him. But I like Parenthes is a winner. Yeah. I see that in him. He makes winning plays. And even with this six foot, two hundred pound nose guard chasing him around all over the place, who's probably faster than Parenthes is, I'm, I see this kid making plays, getting his team to the finals. I like I like Rancho Verde versus St. Francis in the championship game. <clears throat> all right, move on to D two. D two, big time. We have two incredible matchups. We we have Upland, who took down Cathedral. Uh, we have Oaks Christian, who blew out Edison 42 to 13. So Upland versus Oaks Christian. That game is going to be at Oaks Christian. Even though Upland's the one seed, but I digress. We have Valencia taking on Heritage. That game will be at Valencia. Yeah. That game is going to be, man, all kinds of fun. Who do you like coming out of that bracket? Those man, two semifinals. Yeah, games. I mean, let's just take our time with Division Two here. Can take we your do time. That for let's, a start the t- let's start the top. Yeah, let's start Upland the top. Oaks Christian. This is this is a terrific matchup for a couple of reasons, Greg. First of all, David Baldwin is not a statue in the pocket. He's an athletic pocket passer, if you ask me. I wouldn't consider him a dual threat guy. I would call him an athletic pocket passer. We know Oaks Christian has a very good pass rush, led by five-star defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. They also do a good job stopping a run. Josh Calvert is a physical, aggressive tackler. It's going to be very, very interesting. On the flip side of that, how 
Upland matches up with Bryce Farrell. He's been lighting people up all year, right? Yeah. The sophomore receiver has been running past everybody. He can go. Upland has terrific defensive backs, led by Jaden Dedman. I want to see that. I want to see Deadman one on one. It's the reason why I brought that up, right? Wherever he goes, you go. Yeah, right. I would love to see Deadman follow Bryce around. Those are two very quick, very athletic players who, who are highly talented. You got Zach Charbonnet running the peel, coming downhill versus the, the show. show, Justin Flo. <laughs> I mean, that's a beautiful matchup. Kind of reminds me of when Ray Lewis played against Eddie George in the playoffs way back when. Ray Lewis team won. They just game, saw. The I just saw a little a little Facebook feature on on Eddie George oh, and Ray you? Lewis. Kind of cool. Yeah. 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 They talked about each guy how tough the other guy was. Yeah. No, I, I see that in this game. Man, that, it's 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 very very intriguing. I mean. Oaks Christian, we know they've got a great coach. Upland's coach, he doesn't take a backseat yeah, to anybody. Yeah, Coach Salter does a great job. No question about it. Upland, do do they have? Are they too talented, right, for Oaks? Right? Do they have too many? We know about Baldwin. We know about Flo. We know about Devin. I mm. mean, but the receivers, Turner, Davis, yeah. the backs, Jones, Davis. Yeah. I mean, they're loaded, right? Yep. I think they have too much in the tank. I'm taking Upland in that game. Yeah, it'd be nice if Oaks had one more defensive guy. Yeah, they're missing Maybe just, a guy. Maybe just one more outside linebacker, defensive end type. Ah, Bo Calvert. Bo is not there. Man, Oaks tough is, one. Oaks has been playing really well, but Upland is, like I said before, Upland's a D1 team playing in D2. I kind of like Upland as well. Yeah. So, bottom half of that bracket, we have Valencia, yeah. who came off playing their best game of the year. Heritage, probably the same thing can be said. They came off... An absolute beatdown of a good Calabasa team. So we had the physicality of Valencia, the physicality of Heritage. Neither yeah. one of these teams is a finesse team. They are both smash mouth teams. I think Valencia has a little bit more of a passing attack. Heritage wants to keep the ball, keeps, keeps the ball on the ground. Yeah. They want to play tough physical defense. They want to run the ball with Shrod White. Uh, what do you think, man? This is a this is a good one here too. It is a good one, but I lean towards Valencia in this one. I th- yeah. Heritage, I don't think they're balanced enough. To beat a team like Valencia is very, very good. They're very physical, and their guys are battle-tested. Heritage, I can say the same, but they don't have the balance. Connor Downs is a very underrated, undervalued quarterback Mm. at 6'2", 200 pounds, throwing a peel. He's got guys who can catch it and go. Haynes is a runner who's physical. They use Wilson in the backfield. They use Wright in the backfield. They also use those two guys out wide. They got a very physical offensive line. I like Valencia in this game. They've got a tremendous defense. I think they put the clamp down a little bit on Sherrod White and that Heritage offense. I like Valencia by by two plus touchdowns. Yeah, I, I had Valencia coming out of that bracket as well and playing up in the final. So I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I see Upland and Valencia playing together. How about D1 down to four? And you can make an argument. These are. Maybe the four best teams in California this year. Apologies to De La Salle, who was always in that mix. But modern day, Mission Viejo at the top. Two teams that haven't lost all yeah. year. No one talks about Mission Viejo at all. But they're 3-0 against Trinity League teams. They've beaten Long Beach Poly. They played a pretty good schedule. Bottom half. We have how many times have these guys played... 
in a row now. St. John Bosco versus Centennial. It's like these two teams are always meeting. Last year, Bosco got them. Five for, straight years in the playoffs. Has a five straight. Yeah. So last year, Bosco got Centennial when Centennial was probably a little bit better. Uh, there's been years when Centennial has gotten Bosco, when Bosco was probably a little bit better. Yeah. You had some just some great games. The two Josh Rosen games were both incredible. Yeah. Last year's game was unbelievable. Absolutely. Real. For Bosco with the dagger, yeah, you had Centennial with Tanner McKee, and, yeah. and they were scoring, scoring. Then Jake Bailey had the key interception in the red yeah. zone, and yeah. that play right there, that would have put up Centennial. I want to say twenty-one by, nothing. That if that play does not happen, it's a different game because now Bosco can't run the football. Of course, it's just one play. People don't know. It just it's huge. But anyways, this year, let's start the, start the top bracket, top of the bracket. Yeah, modern day Mission Viejo games at Mission Viejo. Yeah, uh, who you like? Well, let's break it down a little bit. Break it down. Nobody's going to give Mission a chance other than the people who live in Mission Viejo or go to the school. Let's just put that out there, right? I see things that way, but here, here's, here's, here's the contrarian view. Mission Viejo has good balance. Really good balance. The last team that had this type of balance versus Mission Viejo with the last couple teams, St. John Bosco, Santa Margarita. Both those teams, Margarita, I believe, scored 33. Bosco scored 21 in the first half. Sizable gains, sizable scoring for both those teams. I think Mission Viejo... Will be able to execute. Can they finish drives is going to be a question. Is Joey Yellen, who people say he is in Mission Viejo, can he get in the pocket? Can he move around, buy some time, execute off of his back foot? It's going to be interesting to see. On the flip side of that, Christian Laval has got to be a man versus the run game. And that Mission so, Viejo So Laval's hurt. He's out. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. Yeah, so he... In Two weeks ago, in a game that Blair was at, he actually broke his foot. That's right. But you played told me three that. quarters with it you before did. he knew what was wrong. But he was in a, 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 yeah, a little, little. I don't know what you call it. The kind of little cart that you zoom around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Laval is out. That is yeah, so huge. So I was trying to make an That's argument huge. on why this was going to be a little closer than yeah. like. He's the heart and soul. He of is that the heart defense. and soul. He is the heart and soul, and I, I love probably that whole Mitchell team. and Akili yeah. Arnold and OG and Austin Osborne. But without Christian Laval, it makes it really tough. I mean, he's a he's the heart and soul. Like you say, he's the he's the muscle behind that hustle over there on that defense. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's a tough one. I like Modern Day. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like Modern Day too. Obviously, I think Mission Viejo probably matches up. As good as anybody is going to, because they're balanced. Yeah, they can run it, they can throw it. They have difference makers. At this point, you need you don't you can't just have good high school players. You no. need to have great players, and Elijah Griffin will be as good as anybody on the field. But Marty just has so many guys that are you know kind of like that. Just, yeah, I want to see does do they have you know just for the fun of it do they have OG kind of trail St. Brown all over the place. Maybe match up, throw the ball to Bruma match up Chris Mitchell, who's probably Mission's most physical guy. Maybe yeah. try him a little bit at Bru. I know this. Bob is Bob Johnson. That whole staff. It's a it's a great staff. I mean, they got you know Rob Johnson's the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Coach Patton, longtime DC. 
they all have NFL ties, and, and they are going to have a scheme that's going to be different and unique that Marty hasn't seen before. But end of the day, you know, players make plays. You know, it's kind of funny. These two teams hate each other. I'll just be, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Really? Very strong dislike. Give me some background. We used to do seven-on-seven seven tournaments when I was at Student Sports. Okay. These two teams, we couldn't put them in the same bracket because they would get coaches. We had to separate coaches from each other at when these two teams played each other. They just did not like each other. Why, Greg? That's I don't know why. It was just they just did not. They, at back in this is when Mitch Mejo was rolling. Mitch right, Mejo right. was this is when Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez they had that there. big win streak. And yeah, like fifty games. They or something. would they would roll over everybody, and you know both teams were pretty cocky. Mission and their whole group was really cocky. Marte, that whole group was cocky. Marte kind of had a little bit of self entitlement because back in the Gritty Good Liner days, yeah. Mitch Mejo, they're the new, new team. Kids on the new block. Team, this is Chase Moline and Shane yeah. the Train Moline. Yeah. And they just, man, it, and the crazy thing so when Marte played Polly or Mission played Polly, nothing but love. Polly was always the one team that kind of, we, we could always match up Polly with either team. But we could not put these two teams in the same side of the bracket because they would get into fights. Coaches would be yelling at each other. They would not shake hands after the game was over. Really? I mean, it was, yeah. That's there was so a strong dislike. Bob Johnson, Bruce Rawlinson, strong personalities. They just, they never clicked. It was one of those deals. So, wow. Let, let's, get, let's, let's take it back there. I, I think that's kind of died down a little bit. Yeah, since, probably. Since Missions was not in the same, you know, D1 for all those years. So. But yeah, I think Marty's got a little too much. Okay, this is a good one because I know we've got St. John Bosco Centennial. I know at the start of the, I tried like heck to get you to, to make a pick to who was going to win this. Yeah. I think I got you to kind of say you thought Centennial was going to come out of this bracket because of Matt Logan. Fast forward a couple weeks now that you've seen all these teams in action. Right. Are you going to stand by? You, do, you, do you have Centennial? And let's just assume Tanner McKee is going to play. Yeah. And let's say he's healthy and he's ready to go. You have a healthy Tanner McKee playing St. John Bosco. Who do you got in this game? Break it down. Give me a winner. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about it. Centennial struggles on the back end of their defense are well documented. It's a definite cause for concern, particularly because the big quarterback of St. John Bosco has been sensational since he took over the starting job. The type of pressure he puts on your coverage down the football field it's a tough matchup for the Centurion defensive backs. Let's just say that, right? Bosco has a talented receiver. They're going to run. They're going to catch it. They can, they can go. St. John Bosco has improved, I think, up front with the addition of Suave Poti on the defensive line. They're playing stout. They're playing physical up front. We know the pedigree Matt Logan has as a coach. It's, it's going to be a great game. And... Everything in me says, don't pick against Matt Logan. You know Matt Logan. <laughs> That's your guy. You know what he's going to do. But if history, if, if recent history is any indicator, Greg, Bosco wins this game. Bosco wins this game on the strong right arm of their sophomore quarterback, their athletic receivers, and their stout defense. Now, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen has a strong right arm, too. They had a very stout defense, too. And Centennial came in and popped them two years in a row. Or, a, or excuse, not two years in a row, but, but senior, senior year. year. I'm sorry. Remember, remember, Jason said that was probably one of his worst offenses. Yeah. And that's why Centennial was just able to roll and roll and roll. But, yeah. Um, 
Jason Nagel, he didn't like that Bosco. Did I say Centennial? Jason yeah. said that was one of Bosco's worst defenses. Was Josh's senior year. Yeah. He didn't. They, that's when they graduated Jalil, right, Nigel, right, right, and Chandler. They're kind of rebuilding on defense. Yeah, yeah. This year's Bosco's defense is a different animal. This than, year's defense is good. I it's, think it's, they're it's, really good. Yeah, they're really good, and they're playing really good. And they're that's, playing angry. Yeah, and they're playing fast, and they're healthy. Everything in me says, don't pick against Matt Logan. Everything, 99% of my body says, don't pick against Matt Logan. I'm telling you, Tanner McKee, I'm telling you. But I cannot refute what my eyes see. They're going to struggle in the defensive backfield. George Halani is a beast. I love Cam Pitcher. I love Drake Jackson. Can they stop the run and make Bosco one-dimensional? Can Drake Jackson and company up front get pressure with four? A lot of times, Centennial likes to bring pressure. Bring extra, right? Plus five, plus six. Can they get to the Can they get him on the ground, that big fella? I was just going to say, you can bring pressure, but he's hard to bring down. Can they get him on the ground? You got to jump on his arms. <laughs> Do him like they used to foul Shaq back in the day. Just hold on to his arms. Yeah. Don't give him an N1. Don't give him an N1. <laughs> don't give DJ an N1. Remember Dan McGuire at SDSU? Oh, he yeah. These guys around his ankles he's and like just standing there. Quarterback and he's not even, not even flinching because he's got yeah. these guys on his legs. That's how DJ kind of is. But, yeah, I mean, you're pinning me against the wall here, Greg. I am. You are against the wall. I had a joke, Greg. It was inappropriate, and I ain't going to say it. Okay. Considering, you know, regarding young, Hollywood. Kind of a younger, younger yeah, audience we got a younger, at times. Regarding what's going on in Hollywood right now, but... I got to go with Bosco. Okay. I've got to go with Bosco. I love Tanner. I love Matt. Gary Bryant. Venerables. But Bosco is playing outstanding on offense in their defense. They've got some hitters. Woodby's playing well. Steele is a lockdown specialist. The linebackers, Gilbert and company. Cole Aubrey, another two-sack performance last week. I gotta go with Bosco, man. I, I got I got I'm thinking Centennial is is on they're on revenge alert, right? I really love teams that are on revenge alert, right? They don't want that revenge game. But my I cannot refute my eyes, Greg. I'm a, I believe my eyes, Greg, all the time. You cannot get me off my eyes. I'm I, I'm taking Bosco in a win. I think DJ is is a huge difference maker. And his ability to push the ball down the field accurately and also get outside the pocket, you know, with his escapability, also in the quarterback run game, Halani, Sam Beast. <clears throat> I'm taking Bosco, Greg. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I got. I, I got Bosco too. That's all I got. I have I have Bosco also. <sighs> and my love for Matt Logan is similar to yours. Yeah. Almost borders on weirdness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I have I so much you. love for everything about the way Matt Logan coaches, yeah, his practices, his tempo, how he takes teams that don't match talent for talent, and Hill's guys will still beat your guys by 30. But like you, I trust my eyes also. Yeah. And I watched the entire Centennial Sarah game and most of the Centennial Marietta Valley game, and I can't get out of my head all these receivers just kind of running open on that back end and just I'm a huge believer in DJ I think he's a guy who's unflappable as a sophomore he does not feel pressure he is poised beyond his years 
He may have thrown one or two balls in that Monterey game. That was his first start. 100 miles an hour. Kind of got those out of his system. And then after that, he was just poised and does not feel pressure. You, you, you just, he just doesn't. I think you're either born with that or you're not. Yeah. Right? They are so strong up front. And even though this is a revenge game for Centennial, I guarantee you the way Bosco's guys are wired, in their eyes, they see themselves as the underdog. Oh, and there's no question. So they're going to be pissed off for greatness. They're going to be coming after Tanner. They're going to be coming after everyone on Centennial. And it's just, you know, scheme-wise, man, Sarah, again, I can't get that out of my system of, of Sarah, who has a couple of really great players, but they were able to really contain that Centennial offense. Bosco can do something similar, you would think. Although, again, trust in our eyes, in the past, Bosco's never been able to contain Centennial. Right. Right? Last year they couldn't. Year before no. they couldn't. No. Year before they couldn't. So you got to assume a couple things. Centennial will find a way to score some points. No question. Tanner about McKee's that. too good. Yeah. I don't love Centennial's receivers in the sense of, you know, Gary Bryant can get open. Their number two guy is probably Chris Venable, who's their yeah. starting safety. Yeah. But they struggle to separate a little bit in the Sarah game. Yeah. And even the Murata Valley game. You know, they had to run it. I just feel like right now I just feel better about Bosco than I have all year long. I feel like Bosco's so tough and physical. I feel like all those guys, every one of those guys all have a chip. They're all playing right now probably better than they have at any point. I think Jaden Woodby has played better now than he has at any point. No question about it. You mentioned it, Chris Steele, as you mentioned, most physical corner in the country. No doubt. That D-line is healthy now. They can't be stupid, right? And make dumb penalties. Don't ex- if it's a third and ten, don't do something dumb. Hit the quarterback get a, late. Don't hit a quarterback late. Don't talk after the play. Last week, I, I saw this happen where they had a, a quick three and out, and I forgot. I know who it was. But I'm not going to name it, but one of the Bosco guys jumped up and started to yell at the Rancho the bench. Yeah, would be grabbed the guy by the back of the jersey. Flung him toward the Bosco sideline and started yelling at him. Yeah, that's leadership for me. All right, Jaden Woodby, I see you. This guy was about to probably get a flag. Sure, which was going to be a typical dumb, taunting penalty if the ref would have seen it. Because he would. I mean, it was literally just that that, that kind of stuff. We just don't want to extend drives. But I just think Bosco has too much running the football, throwing the football as a. They're, they're united as a locker room right now more so than any other time. I think uh, I think they're primed and they're playing their best football as they did last year. So long-winded way of saying I have Bosco too, and I have Modern Day coming out of the other side, and we're going to have an all Trinity League rematch like we did last year. That's how I see it. Well, you know those guys from Centennial are listening to this show, Sal Vipulu and those guys up front, and they're saying. They're, they're, they're thinking about you and how you say how, how tough and physical Bosco is. Don't, yeah, listen, Vipulu, those guys, they're going to come out and be physical as well. We know that. No, there's not another, there's not a tougher center than Solo. No question. That offensive line is good. Yeah, no doubt. They'll protect Tanner. 600 yards rushing they're last gonna, week. No, they will protect Tanner. They yeah. will be able to score points. Yeah. So, Solo, it's not a shot at you. No. It's not a shot at your offense. That's not a shot at your front seven. I just, I just don't fully trust the back end right now. And I just think I just think Bosco's got just a few too many weapons. But shoot, said it last year. 
And even though Bosco won, we got Jason Negro to say Centeno was better. Yeah, right, right, right. right. So, we'll see. Hey, it's why you play the game. This is why you play play the game. I'm I'm so interested to, to, to see and, you know, and hear about how DJ and Tanner duel this thing out. That's going to be lovely, man. It will be. Man. I mean, because you These know... two NFL quarterbacks. Two NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. You know Tanner McKee is going to be at the top of his game. Concussion or no concussion, he's a senior leader, an Army All-American, a five-star quarterback at home. No, check, check. Is that Cerritos? I think I'm it's sorry. Cerritos, yeah. Down the street from my house, so my home... You know he's gonna he's gonna bring it. Oh, Tanner's gonna extremely competitive. He's Tanner gonna bring McKee. it. He's and, and as you so eloquently put, DJ is poised behind here. He's unflappable. He's he's natural. They're gonna they're gonna duel it out. They're gonna go back and forth. Each guy is gonna make phenomenal plays throughout the game. It should be awesome to watch. Is it on TV, Greg? It is. It's, it's the, Fox the game, game of the week. week, Fox game of the week. Which yeah, means I mean, if you go it, to the game, you're going to be there forever because it's going to be a seven thirty start with TV timeout. So yeah. don't expect to get out of there until after eleven. But no, I mean, great point on Tanner. You know, he's a super devout, nice Mormon kid. But dude, he's a dog, and I mean that like in the best way. You, and the you, most probably, competitive you probably way. can't yeah. compliment any player more. Yeah. A teammate to a teammate, then Tanner is as competitive and as tough as you're going to see. So man, he's going to take everything people are saying, and he's just going to. Yeah, you know, kind of internalize that, and then just sure. go berserk on Friday. It, it should be a it should be a great game. It's gonna be a great matchup. But we've got Bosco taking it. Bosco modern day rematch. Could have played this in the Trinity League, Greg. <laughs> what do we need the playoffs for? That brings us to a close, yes, man. Yes, the Friday sir. matchup show. I thank my partner Greg Biggins for always being here and sharing his thoughts and having the stats and man breaking things down with me. We appreciate you taking a ride with us. Follow us on social media, The Transparent Truth on Instagram, The Trans Truth 92 on Twitter. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.